0: Okay, are we working? Yeah. Okay, great. Wow, this isn't a place I'm used to standing, so I do feel very nervous. So I want to start by saying, Bon dia igreja, which means good morning church. I'm used to Africa. Okay, so we have to do it again. Good morning church. Good morning. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So, um, I just want to introduce myself, for those of you who don't know me. My name is Helen, and Stuart, the pastor here, is my son, and I'm a very blessed mother. So, I'm back from a year in Mozambique to share with you this morning, and I want to start off by reading a scripture from Ephesians 2, verses 6 to 10. And God raised us up with Christ... Can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. It's the Christ in us, the Holy Spirit that reveals his love to others, we are exalted to reign with him. So that's my start point for today. I want to tell you a little bit about myself and how I came to go away. And I'll be showing at the very end some pictures, but for now, it's just as it is. I know you're used to lots of PowerPoints and things, so it's a bit more African, um, where we're used to sitting on hard benches with either the heat roaring or the rain coming through the roof. So between the years of 2004 and 2009, I went away on mission to Africa and to India And then I found myself back in England for five years. And during those five years, I wrestled a lot with God because I would love to have still been overseas. But God brought me back here. And during that time, I don't think I realized quite how much he did in my life. But eventually, he called me back overseas. I'd spent each year going back on short-term mission to India. And I did once go back to Mozambique. But eventually, God gave me a vision, and in that vision, I saw myself actually back where I had started. I saw myself in the kitchen with visitors speaking into people's lives, and God showed me as a result of that that many of these people would go to all sorts of different nations, as he called them, as he, as he called out what was in each single person, and as he sent them off to do the good works that he had planned and prepared in advance for them. So I knew without any shadow of a doubt that that was what God was wanting me to do. And I came and I shared it with Stuart and I shared it with the elders of the church and we prayed and they felt that this was indeed of God. And so I was sent off with love and with blessing from this church a year ago in March and that was a very exciting time. I did feel blessed to go, and I was very excited. I wasn't sure how things would work out. I'd given, up, I'd, I'd, left a, I'd given notice on a rented home, and I'd given away all my possessions, except for some boxes of personal effects and a few clothes, which I was able to store thank you, Graham um, at somebody's house. But everything else I gave away. Because I knew that God had called me, and I knew that there was nowhere else, nothing else I could do with my my stuff, as it were. And I was happy to give it away, except the frying pan that was very precious. But I did manage to give that away, too. It's very funny the things that suddenly get very precious. And so I gave it away. And I left with two bags of things, and off I went. I was a bit concerned about the financial situation because unlike the first time I'd gone, I realized that actually the finances didn't really add up on a monthly basis. I wasn't sure, but I could see that it didn't really work out. But I trusted that God knew these things and that he would surely work it out and provide for me in every way. And I can say that during this year, God has been utterly, utterly faithful And many of you have been a great blessing in that way to me. I had to make an application to the ministry that I was going to work with. I work with an organization called Iris Ministries, which is headed up by a couple called Heidi and Roland Baker. And they've been working in Mozambique for 20 years now, and they've been bringing in children off the streets. They've been rescuing children. That was their primary concern and they've been teaching and training pastors and planting churches. I think they would say probably the total is about 10,000 churches over the whole total of Mozambique now. They live up in the north of Mozambique at this current time, and I live down in the south. So I went back to exactly the same place that I'd started from in 2004, except that I didn't go back the same person. I went back with a completely different mindset and I so thank God for that because I went back knowing that I was going ahead and that what was was behind was behind and whatever was ahead, God was in control and God would take care of it. I don't know how long I'm going to be there. I don't know how it's going to work out. I don't know what's next. All I know is that I am there for as long as God wants me If I die there, it doesn't matter. If God moves me on somewhere else, that's fine. But that's all I need to know because I trust in the God that has called me. I've stopped trying to see further ahead than the Lord chooses to show me or to reveal to me. And I live in the present content that all the rest of it is in his hands. And if you'd known me back along, that is an incredible thing for me. to be able to stand here and say to you today, I was a child that grew up full of fear, completely consumed with fear the whole of my young life. And to be able to stand here to say that by the grace of God, he's done all that, it is amazing. It is amazing the transformation God can bring about in our lives. So, so the base that I work at is one of the original bases that Heidi and Roland founded, It's in, as I say, the south of Mozambique, outside of the city, about 11 kilometers. And now the city has extended out to where the center is. So there's lots of buildings and lots of growth in the city. Lots of money has been poured in by the Chinese. But the poor are desperately poor. There's still people starving. There's still horrendous things that we see on a daily basis. We have at the center, 270-ish children, 200 roughly are boys and 70 are girls. And out of those, about 35 are under the age of five. So we have a government school on our land, which serves our own children, and also the children from the community. So we have about 1,500 children that come to school, 700 in the morning and 700 in the afternoon. And it's as I say, government runs, so the government supply the teachers. And the education is better than it was. That's, we, you can always look at it and say, oh, it's not good and it's rubbish and all the rest of it. But it's improving and it has improved. One of the one of the missionaries there, her, her Mozambican daughter came home one day. I think at the time she was probably about, I'm not sure which age, but maybe six or seven, and she said, "Mum, the exams were so hard today. So Tracy said, Well, why is that? She said, Because the teacher doesn't write the answers on the board anymore. <laughs> so, And that's what happens, because the teachers have to fulfill statistics. There is so much corruption, and that's the way it goes, and that's what we work with. We work with corrupt government. We work with corrupt police. But we, that's, the, that's the culture that we live in. And that's what we do, but we pray and we trust God in it. So we also have a Bible school, which runs for three months at a time. And many men and women will come from the surrounding areas to be trained and equipped. Some of them will be pastors already. Some will not be pastors, but they'll come for training. And they can come for three, three consecutive years and possibly even a fourth. So they, they live with us while they're there. And they get fed. And then we have a a graduation ceremony at the end of that. So it's quite an exciting place. It's a very big compound. So we have um, a fence all around. We have guards at the gate. We have a football pitch, um, first of all. And then we have a big prayer room. Then we have the schools. And behind that, we have missionary housing and all the dormitories for the boys. And at the back of that, the Bible school accommodation. And then further back still, a five-a-side football pitch and a basketball court if you've got that much energy, which I don't really have. I've got plenty of energy, but not for basketball. So, so my, the task I was given was to be part of the hospitality team, I thought. But the task I was given when I arrived was to be head of the hospitality team, which wasn't quite what I'd planned or expected. I knew what God had sent me to do, and I thought, Oh, this isn't what the Lord told me. Um, But it was what I was asked to do. And there was a great need. And so I had to step in and do my best to fill that need. It has been a huge challenge. um, Not least because I don't feel that that's particularly my gifting or anointing. But it's what I've been asked to do. So... I have to give that to God every single day and ask that he will make me into a godly leader, one that can bring a team of people together. The people that I have working with me are just seconded on from other areas, normally to work in hospitality one day a week. So it's not necessarily their gifting or their calling, but they're happy to do it. So it's quite difficult to have a united team with a united vision um, working together. But we do pray, and I pray a lot for the team. I've actually just lost or will lose two members of the team before I get back there, which is quite hard. So I will be very deplete in team members. And, yeah, so we'll see what happens. We've had a quiet year as regards visitors, so I deal with the visitors come in to take part. um for... Maybe one week, but not usually more than that, and stay up to three or four. The average is about three weeks.
1: No. So? Nope. so we ha-
0: and it has. off. Um. I've been very happy about that because it's given me an opportunity to really settle in and not be overwhelmed by too many visitors coming and going. So I have to organize um, the rooms for them to stay in. The, The beds need to be made up. People need to be welcomed. They need to be greeted when they arrive. They need to be given orientations. They need to be shown all sorts of things. And then whilst they're with us, they... Obviously, spend time with the children. We have a special needs house as well where a lot of people love to be. They can um, go out on various ministry activities, which we do whether we have visitors or not. So, regularly every week, people can go out to the hospital in the city and pray for the sick. They can go to the local, well, in the city, they go to the police station where people are kept in custody, waiting court cases. They pray for them. They give them bread because they don't get fed in prison. They go out onto the streets of the city, ministering and praying and worshipping with the street children. And they go to the local rubbish dump, which is always Heidi's favorite place to go, which is called the Bucharia, And that's a filthy, horrendous place enormous um, acreage of land that is just filled with piles of rubbish. But people live there. It's people's livelihood to sort through the rubbish. And actually, they don't know any different. So they're, in a sense, they're content to do what they do. It's not a a bad living. They do earn money from it. But we have a church there. So visitors can go on a weekly basis and worship with the children. They can go and pray for people at the book And those people come through to our church um, we bring them in every, every month and on a, on a weekly basis we have people from the surrounding area a bit, more, a bit closer. So alongside doing hospitality, uh, which is quite a task when you might have 30 or 40 visitors, which is what's going to happen when I go back, um, I've also taken over the oversight of the sewing project which is a project we have for some of the young girls growing up at the center. And we have a a Mozambican lady who's responsible for teaching them sewing, and she's very, very good. And they can make things and sell them in the little shop we have in the visitor's compound and earn some money that way. What happens is that we take out some for the materials, we give them a, a little bit of pocket money, and the rest goes into a savings account for them so that When they're older, when they leave, or if they need something, particularly for school, school books and things, as they're older, they can withdraw that money and use it. So that's a very good project, and I'm happy to be a part of that. I'd like to give it more time, but sometimes it's not really possible with my other duties. I have to liaise with Mozambicans, with the transport and with maintenance and things like that, with people who don't speak English, which is quite a challenge because my Portuguese is... Um, Coming along. (laughs) Slowly. But I'm still doing it. I'm still praying and trusting God. And I'm very thankful for modern technology that has a translate on it. Where you can put things in and it translates. But sometimes it translates it into a kind of Portuguese that the Mozambicans don't really speak. So we have some fun with that. But anyway, they're very gracious to me. But one thing that they do love, particularly Albino, who heads up the transport, is the fact that I try. The fact that I go to him and I've got my words that I want to say, and it blesses him so much. And in fact, because of the way I walk about, and you know, well, those of you who know me know that I'm generally kind of energetic and bouncy. He, instead of calling me Manarilena, which is a a term of respect, he calls me Menina, which is young girl, which which I find rather amusing. Um, Anyway. So, I live in community with about 25 other missionaries or so, maybe 30, depending on who's coming and who's going, which is a bit different from living here on my own for five years. I thought I was so nice when I lived in Southborough. Anyway, it does kind of press buttons and it does present challenges, but they're good challenges. And I love the people I work with. We're all very different. We all do different things. But everybody's been called. Everybody's there because God's spoken to them in some way. But we've all got things that God's still working on. So it would be about. It would be like if a group of you all got together and lived together. You can be nice to each other in church on Sunday morning, but would it be different if you had to try and live together? Well, that's what I'm doing. I share accommodation although my roommate has actually just gone back to Canada and she won't be returning, I don't think. But I share a unit which has two single bedrooms, um, shared lounge, shared bathroom, and then two of those units share a kitchen. So I share a kitchen with four people. Um, But I have my own little bedroom, which is really great, except when it's about 100 degrees Fahrenheit in there, which it has been most of the time before I came back to England. So it's a little bit warm in there. But I'm blessed... I've got my bits and pieces around me. I do have a fan. So I am blessed. I'm blessed to be there. I'm blessed to be where I believe is the center of God's will. So looking back, it's been a year of joy. That's the first thing it's been in spite of all the rest. It's been a year of joy. Um, there, Somehow when I'm in church on a Sunday morning... Everybody's there, and what I love more than anything, the preaching is probably over my head. I I don't get all the translations, and it's generally screamed into the microphone, but the worship is something I wouldn't miss. When I stand here on a Sunday morning, it's wonderful. I understand the language and all the rest of it, but there is something about children and African people praising God that is like nothing else on earth. Not that I've been everywhere on earth, but to me it's like nothing else on earth. There's a song of praise that rises up to the throne room, a song of praise in spite of poverty, in spite of injustice. It seems to come up from the very soil beneath my feet, and it gets right inside you. And I tell you, it's the most incredible thing. So, And the other thing I love, besides the work that I have to do, my favorite, favorite place to be, is sitting in the sand pit with the little children. They're all sat on my legs, as many as can get astride my legs will fight for a place. They'll be round the back of me, they'll be trying to jump down my neck, and I'll have sand all over me. But I love that place. I love those children. And I've only got to be walking across the compound, and maybe there's a little trail of them going off somewhere else with one of the tiers that looks after them, and they'll all start shouting, Manuelina! Manuelina! And I'll, I'll, put, I'll bob down and I'll put my arms open wide and all these children will just come rushing in. And it's like a, an enormous, great big hug. I love and I miss those children so much. They are desperately needy. They're, they've all been rejected. They're not all orphans, the children we look after. Some are. Some are semi-orphans. Many of them have come from the most terrible, terrible home situations. But where possible, we always try and reintegrate them at some point. So it's also been a year of challenge, as I've explained in many ways. It's been a year of facing personal disappointment. It's been a year of facing the death of two friends and also a child at the centre who came to be with us for about six months. She was a seven- or eight-year-old girl, and she was very sick with AIDS when she came her stepmom didn't want her, and so we took her in. And she was, as I say, very sick. We prayed for the Lord to heal her, but what we actually saw was her fading before our eyes on a daily basis. And that's probably one of the hardest things that we have to deal with. But we loved her, and we loved her, and we loved her until Jesus took her. And so we loved her into the arms of Jesus. In our struggles, it often feels as if we have to do the overcoming. But Jesus has already overcome and won the victory. We overcome in and through him, not in our own strength. It's been for me a year of remembering constantly, it's not about me. It's not about me, but it's about Jesus. It's about bringing Jesus' glory, especially When I go back home, when I've been hurt or upset or offended by something. That's what I remember. That's what I tell myself every single day. It's not about you, Helen. It's about bringing glory to God. And it's been a year of realizing, too, that I still haven't made it. Hallelujah. I'm still discovering more of my identity in Christ. I need to see things as he does. I'm running a race being cheered on by the company of heaven. And so are you. God gave me a picture of that one day. I wonder if you can picture it in your mind. A great big stadium. And there I am running this race. And I can see the end. Well, maybe I can't. But I'm running this race. But all around, in all the stands, are the company of heaven cheering us on. Isn't that a spectacular picture? Spectacular picture to have. I plan to return at the end of the first week of May that was my initial plan but I don't have a date yet so please don't ask me I'm waiting for paperwork I'm trying to um, get paperwork through for a residential permit which is called a dairy and they're frantically trying in Mozambique to sort things out for me to get a particular kind of visa to enable that to happen when I go back but at the moment we're still in that process so I would be glad of your prayers for that Um, so at the moment I don't know but I pray that it will be soon because I really would love to get back much as I love to be here God's also opened up an opportunity for me when I go back to minister in South Africa in a ministry there called Healing Wings which helps people come through addictions they come on a year long program it's set in a beautiful place and there are many young men and women there who are in the process of being transformed by the love of God. And it is truly an amazing place. I won't tell you the story now of how that unfolded, but I've been invited when I go out on my trips to South Africa to stay overnight or a couple of nights there to just build up friendships with the women, to pray and to minister there. And I just feel really, really excited about that. And I thank God for it. So I want to encourage you today to believe the truth about who you are in Christ. And I love this because it just so goes with everything else God said this morning. You have a unique part to play in his kingdom, in the coming of his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. God wants to use us, from this scripture I read at the beginning, to show others the incomparable riches of his grace. Expressed in his kindness to us, In Christ Jesus. We've been raised up, and as we reach out to others in his name, they too can be lifted up. So there's just a few prayer points I'm going to give you, which if you feel led to pray um, in the coming weeks, that would be wonderful. And then at the end, I'm going to um, just show you some, some pictures. So please do pray for the current drought situation, which we're experiencing in the south and other countries around us, South Africa in particular. It very much affects the crops and people's livelihood, and there will be great distress in seasons to come because they can't actually plant at the moment, so there will be um, famine and and difficulty. Uh, The north has been experiencing um, floods, but we're having a drought. There is also political unrest further up in the country, And there is a very unstable economic situation. It's come to light about a lot of corruption with money, with the government. And there's a lot of unrest amongst the people. And also, particularly for the center where I work, at the moment they're experiencing an infestation of mosquitoes, which is despite the drought. So the children are very distressed about this. So I would be very glad of your prayers. So I'm just going to run through... um, lots of photographs. It starts off with Heidi Baker, the head of the ministry, when she came to celebrate 20 years of Iris Ministries and God's faithfulness. You'll see many, many photographs of the children. And at the end, there's photographs of young men and women who've grown up at the center and are giving testimonies. And the whole thing is a testimony to God's faithfulness and goodness. And what he's doing in these children's lives. But I want you particularly to listen to the words of the song. Because it's not just about these children. It's about you. And it's about me. And it's about you being in the very center of God's will. Where he's put you. Sharing his love with others. Seeing his kingdom come. And knowing that where you are is absolutely the right place. Amen.